Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm fired up because we're right smack dab post-Easter, yeah. but in the Easter glow. Yes, and I am in the uh, throes of my spring break, which I am very happy and thankful for. Nice. Um, and, dude, I'm a little hungry, so if you hear me munching on some chips over here, that's what I'm doing. So, Dude, knock yourself out. I see you've got the Utz <laughs> party mix. Yes. I love it. I love it. And, dude, just check. I'm coming through fine. You're coming through fine. Just shifted in my headphones a little, but it's fine. Yep. No, we're all, we're all good to go. So, uh, Greg, we did a... Uh, we did one on, um, Palm Sunday last yeah. week. Um, that was, uh, great. I mean, uh, oh, I still thinking through that and, yeah. and all the things that we talked about. Um, and this week we are talking about the resurrection, which we will actually be doing for the next, uh, three weeks. Yes. Yes. So, and rightly so. It, yes. It is the heart of it all. Yes. Yeah. You just... Whenever you think about things in Scripture, uh, Paul's defense of the gospel, his the, the way he reiterates teachings to his churches of of first importance, mm-hmm. it's the resurrection. It's Always. Christ and the resurrection. And so, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time talking about that today. Um, today we're probably going to be spending more time talking about the, the historicity yeah. of the resurrection and we'll have some other topics that we'll focus on with the resurrection, but, yeah. um, start us off with that, Greg, why, why is getting the historical truth important? Um, you know, uh, you and Andy Stanley resonate on, uh, a lot of things. I think there's a lot of things that he does um, that you would say, yeah, we 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 connect on his heart sure. for the lost in particular. Oh yeah, um, this is something that you would say I don't quite agree with. Now you would say I yeah. know what he means and oh, I understand I know what you're yeah. where he's going with this, but I don't quite talk to us about what that is. Oh, great, great setup, dude. Yeah, uh, Andy Stanley uh, is a popular search engine. Uh, issue right now for those that don't know him he is pastor of north point church in atlanta um he's the the son of the famous charles stanley Mm -hmm. um in recent years andy stanley has been sort of a lightning rod Mm -hmm. um on theological circles which um is interesting because he hails from such a I don't know what the right word is. I want to say this positively. If, if it sounds negative, that's not my intention. Kind of the standard evangelical conservative world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't say that negatively. But I'm just saying that's an observation. And uh, I've never heard Andy Stanley say something that would make me think, 
oh, he's rejected that. He does not believe in the essentials of the Christian faith. We think of all of our podcasting on um, on uh, uh, our early reboot back mm-hmm. in November, dude, the creeds and mm-hmm. talking about the whole... Uh, Jesus without the junk. Jesus without the junk. Thank you. I was trying to recall our title. Red light, yellow light, green light. What are the red light issues and the creed's point? I've never heard Stanley repudiate any of those, and if he has, that's news to me. Um, Stanley has a compelling thought that uh, I agree with the heart of it, and I also understand why critics don't like another aspect of it. What that is is... um, he has said some pretty shocking, provocative things like Christians need to stop tethering their faith to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And of course you hear that and you're sort of like, danger, danger, Grace Adler. You know, this is, uh, this is, this is a, uh, a terrible, um, terrible thing to say. Right. Because it sounds like he's denigrating the Bible. If you listen to him spell it out, what he means is that before there was a Bible, and the way when I say Bible, I, I'm stealing from him. He says, "I mean, what you would buy in a bookstore, where it is, um, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, leather bound, mapped and wrapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where you've got this Bible and they hand it to you. That Bible did not exist for several centuries mm-hmm. into the New Testament era. So, you're a merchant um, in Corinth." In 62 AD, mm-hmm. Paul has visited your city, preached the gospel there. Maybe some other missionaries, apostles have come. There are little house churches that have set up, and you're a Jesus follower. You have heard, etc. What was the basis? Keep in mind, if you're a Gentile, too, you know very little and have no real access to Jewish scripture. So what is it? What's what's the heart? What's the substance? And Stanley, I think he's dead right on this. They preached the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. That's it's the impetus of the power of the gospel. And you see that again and again in Scripture, which is why, dude, you had mentioned 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand and by which you were being saved. And then he says in verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that, number one, Christ died for mm-hmm. our sins according with the Scriptures, in accordance with the Scriptures. Two, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Yeah. And then you've got the appearance, and that he appeared to Cephas, uh, Peter, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, uh, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So Paul puts this in his top echelon of essential Christian truths, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And as we, when we had Justin Estrada on way back when, mm-hmm. or a few months ago, he really helped us kind of think through how that formula is the guiding principle for the creeds. So the resurrection is what was preached. Mm -hmm. And notice that little reference. He appeared to more than 500 brothers. Oh, by the way, most of them are still living. What's the implication? 
you, so. you, you can you can see them. Yeah. You can seek them out and hear their yeah. firsthand testimony of seeing the resurrected Jesus. Yeah. Um, so Stanley, I think, has been right on that by saying they didn't have a Bible the way we do. Right. Upon which to base their faith. And that's an historical fact. Yeah. It's not even debatable. Uh, I think the issue comes yeah. in and what people have criticized, and I understand this, they'd like to hear a little more, okay, but you do believe the Bible is true. Right. You do believe the Bible's inspired. Right. It's the infallible guide of life and faith. And, yeah. and you will say those things. And I would say I've listened to a lot. He doesn't say, I have heard him say it. Yeah. But not much. Yeah. Now, my guess, and I think I may have inferred this or heard him say this, a lot of people understand, and I get it, if you qualify everything too much, you can lose the punch. Mm -hmm. And if you want your punch to be, we need to be talking about the resurrection more to a post-Christian culture yeah. that doesn't know the Bible, that doesn't didn't grow up with church in the Bible like they did 50 or 60 years ago. Um, I, I wonder sometimes, is that Stanley's concern? I can't psychoanalyze him, man. I yeah, don't yeah, know. I, yeah. We're not friends. It's not like I can have coffee with him and right. pick his brain. But I, um, I suspect that's his rationale. And I do think it would, my personal opinion is more people might be at peace if there was more, but you do believe the Bible's true, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the the issue. I think a little yeah. more clarity on that, because here's my thought on it. The Bible includes all those beautiful details of the resurrection. Right. So eventually you get to the Bible. Right. And uh, But I think his point is early historic preaching, right. before that was recorded, mapped and wrapped, right. put in the hands of every Christian as it is today, there was power in the foundational factor of the resurrection. Yeah. So let's make an application of that, Nathan. You're sitting down with a kid at Harvard. Yeah. You're having pizza in the university union. They have such a thing there. Most colleges do. Mm -hmm. And you're having a good conversation. Um, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you could probably have a conversation. I believe Jesus is the Messiah, and here's why. And the response might be, I don't believe Jesus was the Messiah, and here's why. And it would be much more of a uh, enlightenment playing field where both assume there's accessible truth mm -hmm. and we can reason our way there. It's a different world. Yeah. yeah. So when you've got kids that can pull out their iPhone and say, oh, I, we just had a guy come here and, uh, you know, did one of our weekend seminars and showed that the Old Testament is just chock full of racism, misogyny, and contradiction. So if all you're telling me is to believe the Bible, forget it. Right. I think what Stanley is saying, and, I, and Tim Keller has said similar things too, we can, not because we believe it, right. say, okay, for the sake of argument, hey, let me concede. Fine. Right. You've got some issues with this Old Testament passage, slavery, homosexuality, et cetera. Right. I'm not talking about that. Can we talk about whether Jesus rose from the dead? Right. Because what happens? If you believe he rose from the dead, right. there's some pretty profound implications. Right. You find somebody that predicts and pulls off his own death and resurrection. I'm going to listen to what that person right. says. Right. So, and 
And I think that brings up a good point because we we want to put the cart before the horse in many circumstances yeah. and say, now, do you understand all of these things? Well, well, no, they don't because they're spiritually dead. Right. If If someone is spiritually dead, they're not going to concede. I mean, let's face it, even those of us who are spiritually alive, yeah. very rarely do we concede doctrines that we hold near and dear to our hearts. Right. Uh, somebody who's spiritually dead, even less so. Oh, of course. You know, and everybody has a doctrinal thought and philosophy. I mean, sure. that's not just a, it's not just a Christian thing. It's what do you believe about any aspect of life? Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody's is, a theologian. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're good ones. Right. But we are. Right. We we have a, a cosmology. Yeah. It might be as simple as yeah, I don't know. Right. But that's an answer. That's an answer. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, getting somebody to the point where if they can see Christ for who he is, regardless of what they think about all of the other things, right, and they can acknowledge, man, I'm a sinner, this guy came to save me, I'm putting my hope and trust in him, uh, we can go from there. Because as we talked about Jesus without the junk, that's where discipleship comes in. Yeah. What would the thief on the cross have known? Yes. You know, again, you you said it there. You know, if we could have somehow pulled him off of the cross and and asked. I I recently showed you something by Alistair Bay. Oh, that was gold, man. Did did I tell you, Nathan, I had quickly two or three people after that that sent me the same thing. Oh, really? It must have been going around. Okay, yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, and, and, you know, like... Beg just kind of does something a little different. He's yeah. like, okay, imagine this person is in heaven, yeah, and you have an angel that comes up to him. What are you doing? Here? Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, well, what's your understanding of you know baptism? What's your understanding of you know predestinate? You know all these things, and it's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know. Well, why are you here? It was the guy in the middle. Oh, dude. He said I could come, dude. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> It, plus, Bake says it in that cool Scottish accent yes. of his. <laughs> Makes him sound is, a million times is, smarter. Is, you, know, it, you speak in a British Scottish accent, you're, you're, it, you sound 50 IQ points That's higher right. than the rest of us. But, uh, yes, that thing at the end where it just, uh, you know, and he said, oh, well, what can you tell us of the doctrine of justification mm-hmm. by faith? Not a single thing. Yeah. What can you tell us about the Trinity? I don't know what that you know, right. is. Why are you here? Because the guy in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, look at me. I can't even say it. Yeah told me i could get in yeah wow dude that's so powerful and um but we would assume if he hadn't died that his discipleship would have continued yes of course and and he would have he would have learned those things right and that's and that's what's key is is there's a difference between the starting and the ending yes and and guess what we all start in the same place we're all dead yep it's christ who makes us alive yep and we all end, and I, I would even argue this, that when we die, we're all ending in different places, that it's only once we're glorified yeah. that we are now Well said. Equal. We, we start the same, we end the same. Yeah. Our middles are yeah. very different. Right? That's the same example, Nathan. I, I uh, heard somebody say this. I'm going to modify it slightly for time's sake, and I'll, I'll keep it quick. But, you know, you, you can tell the story of two guys. Hey, let me tell you about uh, two, two, two different guys. Yeah. Guy number one, um, he is, uh, you know, he's an elder in his church, council member, uh, respected, uh, teaches in children's church. Sometimes every so often you'll see him preach on a Sunday. 
Uh, he's he's been on short term missions trips. He's mm-hmm. got a wife. He's got three kids, and you know you see him almost every week. He always is ready to lend a hand. Let me tell you about the second guy. Uh, you know, he's there in church from time to time. Sometimes you might not see him for a few weeks. Gosh, uh, if you saw him in traffic the other day, he got cut off, and he was really salty with his language. He was. Did you bug my car? <laughs> No, Doug. I, no, dude. I, I bugged mine. Um, you know, he's uh, rolling down the window and he's he's giving that your number one sign uh, uh-huh. to uh, other motorists and um, while his kids are in the back seat. Exactly. Yeah. Get, yeah. Paint it however you want to. And then you ask the question: Which guy has made more spiritual progress? Yeah. Well, it's a trick question because he would first obviously it's guy number one. You're like maybe you really only know based on where they started. Right. If that second guy grew up in a home, or maybe, dude, he, he had parents that rejected him. He grew up in a foster system. Yeah. He was bounced from place to place. He was abused. You know, he was exposed to drugs at an early age, et cetera. Yeah. And then you see a guy that loves Jesus. Yeah, he has a struggle sometimes with his temper. He, only God truly knows the journey. Right. Where the other guy may have started a wonderful upbringing, Christian upbringing, stable home, stable parents, and he's... He's kind of fallen into line with what his parents yeah. did. Uh, you, 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 you just don't know. Yeah. And yeah. and I always think that you know it's the old. Uh, you were talking about To Kill a Mockingbird recently. That's the yeah. famous Atticus Finch um, uh, line that's oft quoted. That you should try to see things from another man's perspective. You've got to get inside of his skin. Yeah. And see it from his point of view. And. Um, I think that's very telling for uh, a place like this. I love your point too that the thief on the cross because that does that's the other side of the coin. Yeah, and I get Stanley struggle. I don't emphasize that second part. Had he lived, he would have followed because right. I want the first part to make a punch. Right. Yeah, I, I don't want people to lose sight of that. That do you realize this guy knew nothing about anything? Yes, and he's in. Yeah, but it's exactly right. The flip side of that coin is, had he come off that cross, right. I think the genuine faith that Jesus saw in him right. would have, like it does with all of us, blossomed into yeah. a more typical, hey, we see him one step forward, two yeah. steps back, two steps forward, one step back yep. in a regular Christian growth discipleship kind of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that's that's so important to understand. And you know, going back to what you were talking about, what is what is the emphasis of what you're trying to say? Who who is your audience? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I talk about things very differently with the, the guy who I met at Starbucks, who I strike up a conversation with than I do with someone that I've known for years and they know me, Yeah, you know? And so the question is, well, who is my audience? Who are the people that I'm trying to address and trying to reach? Yeah. Um, and those are the people that I, I tailor my conversation to. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I don't believe certain aspects, but but you're absolutely right. Having a discussion with someone when they are convinced in their mind that the Old Testament is full of racism, misogyny, slavery, yeah. all of these things doesn't do me any good to try to use that as my starting point yeah. when when introducing them to the gospel. Yes. Um, you know, in, in a similar fashion... Um, when when trying to to discuss with uh, an atheist, right, that 
the earth was created in six literal days, and and Christians do this all the time. You know, they they put their um, the, their flag in the sand and they they won't budge. This is my territory, and I'm leaving it. You are not going to get anywhere uh, totally in that not. argument. Oh, no, of course. And not. so the question is, can you divert from your dogma yeah. and move somewhere else and say, you know what? Like you said, okay, can we table that for a second? Yeah. Let's talk about this piece. Sure. Because really, this is the starting point. The story of Christ is ultimately the beginning, middle, and end of the story. And it doesn't, we don't have to start in Genesis to get to the the beginning, middle, and end of the story. Dude, I talked to somebody recently, I'm so glad you said this, who said, as a young. I don't know if he would have identified as a, a believer, as a Jesus follower yet, but he was spiritually interested. He said he started reading from Genesis on. Uh-huh. I said, really? What was that like? Fortunately, somebody came along and said when he was in Exodus in the architectural yeah. details of the tabernacle, why don't we take you over here to the New Testament? Yeah. And he said, yeah, I don't know. I said, well, that was a very, that was God's providence. Yeah. And that sent you in because we, we sort of know this intuitively. Yeah. What do most people want to do when there's somebody that's expressed new faith in Christ? We, we, we lead them off into what? The Gospel of John. Right. Maybe uh, a truncated version of Romans, like there used to be the Romans, the Romans Road. Road. Yep. And, you know, these kind of tools to help people get, you know, sin. Yeah. Jesus as Savior, salvation, you know, new life. You know, we because we recognize people need a bit of a roadmap. Right. Um, so if you take this to the, the other thing I like about this, the historicity of the resurrection, which I know we're still kind of just leading into, but that's yes, what we do. That's here. what we do. That's what we do. Um, I have found this talking to my son who's in college uh, now uh, at the current moment, this podcast, my, my, my second child, Ben is uh, a sophomore at, at university of Maryland. Yep. And we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, it's so liberating for me, dude. If he, if I, if he was, if his, the call on his life was to be the defender of the Bible. Yeah. Dude, in, in one sense, I'm not self-congratulating myself. I'm going to put myself down here quite honestly. Uh, I, I'm probably somewhat better equipped than maybe some other parents to help him become the defender of right. the Bible. Right. Because I'm a pastor. I've got a few tools I could give him. Not like some other people could. Yeah. Could you know Tim Keller? Uh, it was a brilliant apologist. Could help his children more than I could help mine. But the point is, oh my goodness, I, I I don't. How do I say this? Our younger people, are we saying to them they need to become experts in philosophy, uh, ancient Near Eastern uh, Near Eastern history? Mm-hmm. Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek. Do they need to become experts in creation science? Right. Do they at what it's too much. Yeah. When 18, 19, 20 year olds go, here's what I'd rather prepare them. Hey, you know what? You're at schools, particularly if you go to a secular school like Maryland or, or Penn State or wherever you end up. Um you you will very likely hear some knocks on the Bible. Yeah. Um, that does not have to become the crisis point of, am 
I going to defend? Right. Or am I going to get swallowed up by this? And that's why I see it all the time. Often Christians are, are kind of afraid. They'll, they'll look at uh, a new book that comes out that attacks the an aspect yes. of the Old yeah. Testament. Oh, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to shake my faith too much. I always say, listen, listen, keep your ears open, keep your eyes open, <clears throat> be respectful. Yep. If you zero in on the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. you you really don't need to lose too much sleep yeah. over this other stuff. Because once again, if there's a man who predicted and pulled off his own death and resurrection, yeah. everything else falls into place. Because yeah. we look at that one, Jesus. Who is he? What did he do? What did he teach? Right. What did he direct us to? So I uh, that has been helpful, and I've actually played some of Stanley's stuff on that for my own son. Found yeah. it immensely beneficial. Yeah. He said for him, his experience, it took away this burden of, and dude, I mean, I'm 52 years old. Yeah. I've got a little bit of training. I'm, I'm not going to be an expert on Near Eastern history right. and language and culture. And, right. oh, my goodness, this brilliant guy came to my college and said X, Y, and Z. Right. But I can learn, and this sets us up, what is the evidence yes. for the resurrection of Jesus? Yes. And uh, I've heard people say this sometimes. You know, There was a young lady that grew up in a very conservative um, Christian household, was homeschooled and then Christian schooled. She ended up going to a public school. Now, this is a neat story. The biology teacher, who did not identify as a follower of Christ, was very sensitive to her, mm-hmm. knowing she came out of this very, quote-unquote, conservative religious background, and uh, asked her <clears throat> um, when he was teaching on evolution, are you doing okay? Mm-hmm. Is this rocking your world too much? And she actually said, oh, I'm fine, thank you. This, what you're saying, this is what she told him, doesn't really have any bearing on the certainty of my faith. Mm. And he was shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great story because she was sticking with the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Do I, now, I'm not saying we don't have our convictions on right. those other issues. Right. But this is this is it. Right. This is it. If we can get our minds certain on the resurrection. Yeah. And what I find is most skeptics that I've come across or most critics that I've come across aren't really prepared for that discussion. Right. Yeah. So I think it should go there. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's something that's important. I know one of the things that I used to do when, when my students would talk about that, I would just say, hey, guys, I, I can stand up here and I can teach you and, and go through with you all of the reasons why I believe the Bible is a uh, historically truthful document. Yes. Uh, rises above that of uh, the the Iliad, the Odyssey, oh, yeah. writings from Plato and Socrates, yeah. which no one in academia would question. No, they never do. Their validity. Yeah. I said I can sit here and do that. It'd take too much time. Yeah. Let me give you some resources that you can look at. So first of all, I put it back on them. Look, if if this is truly a pressing question for you, and you believe that this is a a crisis thing, yeah, then look into it. Yeah. But let's get back to talking about Jesus. Yes. Because that is central. That is key to our faith. You know, many people have come up and questioned, you know, is Job, was Job a real story in right. Scripture? Was Jonah a real story sure. in Scripture? Yeah. Um, and, and I've come across, um, it, this has been encouraging, I've come across several Christians 
and I agree with this, what if they were or what if they weren't? Right. What I does agree the more, truth of those being real stories and actual people that that happened to have any impact on the bearing and the story of the Bible? Because guess what? 90%, 95% of what Christ spoke wasn't true. It was parables, parables to yeah. illustrate truths. Right. And so if Jonah is just one long parable, if Job is just one long parable, who cares? Right. I, dude, I just had that one of our <clears throat> group leaders here at, the, at, at our church uh, is going through Job mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> with one of our Thursday groups. And I, they were asking me, and I said, I think you could make a good case that Job is a story. Yeah. I said, this is not a question of the inspiration of the Bible. Right. This is an internal interpretive question. Right. We see it most famously, dude, uh, when Jesus tells the story in Luke's gospel of the rich man and Lazarus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a parable. Yeah. Uh, but there are some scholars that believe he's describing something sure. true. I, I think they've got some challenges. Yep. Uh, my idea of eternal bliss is not hanging out in Abraham's bosom, but that's right. a whole different <laughs> subject for another day. Uh, seeing the chasm and... Right. There's some stuff in there that's weird. I think Jesus is using common Jewish apocalyptic imagery yeah. to weave together a story that makes an important point, right. which ironically is about the resurrection. Right. <laughs> because the rich man says, let me go back and tell my brothers. Yes. And Jesus says, they won't believe, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe you even if a man has come right. back from the dead. So it's an interesting, see, there's interplay between scripture yes. and and it goes to your point, spiritual death right spiritual hearts so um it's interesting the resurrection and and i'm I'm so glad that came up nathan we're not saying that the resurrection is somehow a magic key to unlock the heart yes the the unbeliever's heart will be just as dead to the resurrection as it is to the scriptures right what we are saying is when we looked at the approach yes the new testament preachers took before a Bible was completed, yeah, they really emphasized the resurrection. Right. And my thought, dude, is it's one of those, it's like the old hymn, I sought the Lord and afterwards I knew that he was yes. seeking me. Yes. Maybe there are people showing us signs that they're being sought after by God. Yes. By their questions about Christianity. Yeah. That's my story. Yeah. When Matt Smith talked to me so many years ago. And to be able to say, well, let's, as you're being sought, yeah. or it looks like you're seeking, Let's talk about the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Because it's just such a helpful starting point. Yes. And foundational. And dude, I didn't I didn't want to uh <clears throat> just assume everybody knows this. So first Corinthians fifteen also has the famous section where Paul writes, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the yeah. dead? Now, this is a heresy in, in the early church of Corinth yep. that it pretty obvious many people, oh, there's no future resurrection. Yep. So he wants to say, wait a minute. <laughs> time out. Let, time out. Our whole faith is based on right. Jesus coming back. <laughs> and then he says, if there's no res- if there's no resurrection of the dead, then he, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, right. if it is true that the dead are not raised. For the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And yeah. if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's saying, this is it. Yeah. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we got nothing. Yeah. 
So again, that's why it's an ordering principle. Yeah. I don't want to lose hours talking to a skeptic, somebody outside of the faith. Right. About whether creation was six days right. or millennia. I don't I don't want to do that. Right. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about his resurrection. Yeah. So and I think and I think that's important because again, we, you know, do, uh, classical education, Greg, you uh, taught in classical school. I'm currently teaching in classical school. We talk about primary sources yes. all the time. Yes. If salvation begins and ends with Christ alone, why wouldn't I go to those four gospels to show someone what Christ says about who he is? Yes. Why Why do I need to sit there? And, and I think about this at times, like, I, I can tell you about all these things, or I can show you the man's own words in in what he said and did, right? And show them through the gospels. I I don't need anything else as a starting point, yes. and I want to emphasize that as a starting point. Yeah. That is the starting point: Matthew, yeah. Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and in my opinion, uh, if if you want to boil it down to one, go to John. Yeah, I agree. I um, mean, it's it's kind of the go to. It's it's. Um it's it's the most you might say universal yeah there's less uh, distinctively hebrew jewish flavor which you know if you don't know what is that yeah you know, what, what are these references john is definitely uh there's some of that in john sure but not as much as there is in matthew mark and luke um but yeah the the story of jesus particularly his resurrection is is so key yeah uh how are we doing on time dude uh we got about 10 minutes or so can we get it maybe one? Yeah. And then to see where this leads for yeah, the, absolutely. the uh, upcoming future. All right. Um, talking to, imagine you're talking to somebody at a Starbucks, like you said. Yep. They've given you enough. In, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about why you believe Jesus rose. I'll tell you why. Yeah. There's many reasons. And that's what we can use as our template for this podcast and the next. Uh, <clears throat> one of the ones I love of the many comes down i think it was asked way back when in the 70s by josh mcdowell more than a carpenter it yeah. holds up who would die for a lie now yeah i would qualify that because a well-thinking person say well those guys that flew planes into the right. Twin towers died for right a lie. It's a good right point so i would say who would die for a lie that knows it's a lie yeah that's the key yeah uh i do believe those Terrorist hijackers on 9-11 believe yes. it was the truth. Yes. I believe that. Yes. I, I think they obviously were tragically deceived. Yes. Um, but what we're asking about the first century followers of Jesus. Yes. They are one of two things. They are either the concoctors, if, yeah. I, if that's a word, of a total fabrication. Yeah. Or they are the conveyors of the truth. Yes. That's it. Yeah. First century, the people we're talking about, Peter, uh, James, yeah. John, you could put Paul in there too. It came a little uh, later. Yeah. Uh, you won't find really any scholars that deny the historicity of men, like, because they know the, the church came from somewhere. Yes. And there's debates, you know, uh, yeah. uh, in Roman Catholic tradition, well, Peter was our first pope, and you know, yeah. you don't have to, I don't think Peter was a pope. Sure, but uh, sure. I'm saying the historicity of those people. Yeah, let's think about that for a moment. Christianity is here. 
we can document that Rome wanted to oppose it. Yeah. They did not want it to spread. Yep. Um, viewed it as, came to be viewed as a rival threat. Yes. To the empire. You don't want anybody with allegiance to another king. Um, and the question I always always ask is, they they died. Yeah. They died. So when they were given the opportunity to recant. Yes. I mean, dude, here's here's me. Right. If you and I had something going, Nathan, you and I invented a religion right. tomorrow. Hey, uh, we're going to invent the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man Savior Store. Yeah. Uh, you pay us money. We give you little marshmallows that represent the Stay Puff Marshmallows protection. Dude, can you believe these idiots are paying us money for right. this? You and I are making money hand over fist. Eventually, things heat up. Somebody says, hey, uh, you guys can recant this. Right. And deny uh, that this is true. Dude, I'm recanting it. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy for my marshmallow wonderland experiment that right. went on for a while. But, dude, off, when my head's on the chopping block and I'm yeah. looking up, I'm like, okay, guys. <laughs> just kidding. Guys, I just want to let you know. <laughs> had a little fun. Nathan and I, are we're setting the circus right. down, right? I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek here. Right. What we're saying, and if we can engage a person, no, no, they, they, they died. Yeah, they died. You won't find many professors that deny that that yeah. there's such a thing as martyrdom, right, in the first century of the church. <clears throat> we're not talking about centuries later, yeah. millennium later, uh, young Muslim men, yeah, flying buildings into planes, yeah, that have inherited a religious tradition that's right. been passed down. Talking about first century yes. followers of Jesus, why would they? Because yeah. they either concocted it, right, or conveyed it. Yeah, I love that. You know, and to to go along with what you were saying with um with that one of the one of the differences, right? Um, who who would die for a lie? Look at Christianity. Christianity does not come to us in a vacuum. Yeah. Everything God does is put on public display. Yep. Look at my son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. His death is very public. And and Paul addresses Times and that. dates and places. Yeah. yeah. And Paul addresses, you know, that that even afterwards, you know, he appeared to 500 and, and many of them are still around. Go ask them. Yeah. Get the proof. Muhammad comes and 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 let me even clarify i do believe that mohammed believed in what he was doing uh -huh. i think he saw something it just was not scripture right right um it, it could be the same with joseph smith right with with mormonism right but I, I don't know but it could have been but those are very discreet one-on-one -on -one encounters they that have no verification from mystical encounters else. with one prophet yes. so to a divine being. A divine being. Yeah. And and that is very different than what we see in Christianity. And out of that, you see a difference, uh, particularly between Christianity and Islam. Yeah. Christianity is born out of the uh, selfless sacrifices of the yeah. martyrs, where Islam is born out of the fear of death yes. if you don't convert. Nowhere in Christianity does Christ say to go out and kill the infidel. No. That that's not anywhere in Scripture. No. In fact, Christ tells his disciples that uh, if you're truly my disciples, guess what? You're going to follow me in the throes of death, yeah. and uh, all except for John, yep. die uh, a horrible yep. death. Yep. And the um, tradition tells us John was boiled, right? Uh, which is uh, 
Yeah, not exactly. Not exactly a, 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 a great right. upgrade, but yeah, right. Um, where we know, and and again, we have documented uh, authority and records that Islam is birthed through the violent coercion of its disciples. Oh, oh well, absolutely. Um, and no, there's uh, there's no getting around the the differences that you see. And so, yes, as you were yeah. talking about, you know, fast forward now um, to two thousand one. Yeah. Um, and so you have this very ingrained doctrine into the followers of Islam yeah. where every and, and really it, it is difficult for people to defend regardless of, you know, what their thoughts are. I'm not saying that there aren't peaceful Muslims out course, there. We had Faras on here. Who, oh, um, yeah. I, I meet several. Yeah. Every day. Of course. Um, and so we're not saying that at all, but at its foundation, and I'm not talking about things that I've heard, I've actually read through um, pieces of the Quran yep. and have seen those passages that talk about those things. Yep. Um, nowhere in scripture is that encouraged whatsoever. And, and I would I would pull that argument into the Old Testament, and yep. I, I believe I can explain what's going on at a specific time and place with a specific group of people. Yep. That's being used as an instrument of God's judgment on other wicked nations. Yeah. Um, but we don't see we we're not given any hint that Christians are supposed to become God's instrument of justice in that way. Right. In the New Testament, those are examples that are being used and taught for Israel as a as a fledgling nation. Right. That when we get to the New Testament, Christ comes in and says. You want people to see who I am, then right. you model what I've done. Yes, and he tells Peter to put a sword away. Yeah. He uh, is very clear that his kingdom is not like the world's kingdom. Yeah. Where these things are done by imperial conquest and military invasion, etc. Um, which actually doesn't think about it. adds to this even more. It is based on the complete self-sacrifice of Jesus yes. who calls his followers to the same. Yes. Uh, pick up your cross daily and, and, and be so that to me I'm like, all these men yes are willingly dying yeah because they will not stop preaching that Jesus is risen yes that is just something to you know put it's the pebble in your shoe yeah. and leave it there that yeah. that's Greg Kukul um I believe is how you pronounce it who wrote a book years ago called tactics yep which is an interesting it, it's more of a procedural on apologetics he yes. doesn't deal with arguments as much as tactics yeah thus the name but uh, that analogy stood out to me that a pebble in the shoe yeah because you know what that feels like oh I can right. walk but it's driving me crazy <laughs> it's driving me crazy yeah and to embed that thought for who would die for a lie when they know it's a lie yeah dude I mean would you I would no. nope if I made it up it ain't worth it I like I like my life too much. Right. I dude, I like that you and I get to see John Wick 4. Yep. <laughs> we, I like that you and I get to go out, hang out, have a great time, go on vacation with our families. and I don't want to lose that. Yeah. When would you be willing to lose that? Right. When we, I am so certain yes. that my Savior defeated death yes. and has opened a place for me that this life is temporary. Yes. And I cannot compromise because this is the truth that every human being needs yes. to be saved. Well, we talked about that when Justin was on, right? Th these are the creeds. Am yep. I willing to die over six day worth yeah. versus a million years? It's like, um, I have my preference, but if yeah. somebody said, um, tomorrow I want you to start believing this, yeah, okay. Dude, I've told you that. I lean old earth. 
If mm-hmm. I get to heaven and find out it's young Earth, great. Right. I'm just happy I'm in heaven. Right. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'll be the first one. I was wrong. I was right. wrong. I was wrong. I'll throw a party where the only soundtrack is I was wrong. Right. But Jesus saved me. Right. And so I'm happy. So, of well, course. Well, and even going to, um, again, we go back to the creeds, right? I believe in God the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. I, I'm willing to die and say, no, no, God made it all. Of course. I'm not willing to die for for the how and the when. No. But I am willing to die and say, yes, he did. I'm I'm willing to die over the virgin birth. Right. No, or there is no, there is no, do- again, the like fact that said. he's coming back. Yes. But not pre-mill, yes. post, yes. Um, not, not the when. Pre-wrath. Right? No, not the how so. and not no. the when, just that he will be back. Yeah. I, I know that I know that I know that he will be back. Yep. I don't know how, I don't know when, but yeah, I'm willing to put my life on the line and say that, that, uh, he is coming back. Yes. But outside of that, no. I mean, I I can be very, um, and, and this is going to sound weird, and I don't mean it like this, but I can be very apathetic when it comes to certain things. Uh-huh. Not that I don't personally care about it, but when it comes to the gospel, that's first priority. Oh, dude. Uh, well, that's why you and I have always connected with all the political stuff and you know, dude, soon enough we'll head into another contentious right. election season and people will get excited. And I just to be able to hold on, dude, and you have great help to me on that stuff that, yeah, I've got my opinions like everybody else. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Jesus is still Lord. Yep. We're all going to die. Nothing will change those yeah. things. So to just kind of let go of some of those, okay, this isn't that important. This yeah. isn't that important. What is important? And, uh, <clears throat> oh, man, I'm excited. Nathan, for these follow-ups, yes. because I, I, in my, I kind of had my little notes here. I've got six, yeah. and I'm looking at some other sources. I could actually go eleven, yeah, but because we go to eleven, because we go to eleven. Uh, That's yeah. right. <laughs> see, see, see <laughs> what we right, did baby. there. Um, but there are so many probing questions yes. and angles to look at the resurrection of Jesus yes. and think, oh, yes, and you start building. And that's something that we can pass on to students. Yep. We can pass on to children. Yep. We can just keep in our hearts and minds for engagement, conversations yes. with people. And again, if I've helped somebody consider, maybe this Jesus did rise from the dead. Yeah. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, absolutely. As a starting point. And one of the things that we will consider, we teased this last week when we talked about Palm Sunday, the disciples. We started talking about it today, but yes. where were they on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Versus looking at that, what was it, 40 days later at Pentecost? Yep. And where <clears> is <throat> Peter on Pentecost? You're giving away one, dude, Saturday. but it's and good. So, no, you it's... know, teasing that out because yeah. we are going to get there because I, I don't want people to think that we forgot about no. that, but we did. And good so we up. will we will get there. Um, you know, again, one of the evidences where are the disciples on Saturday when Jesus is is buried? Yeah. Versus where are they in forty days? Yes. Now I, I believe it takes Jesus forty days to get them there. Yep. But he does it and he gets them there. Doubt so, and lack of faith and confusion, yeah. they're pretty strong paradigms. Yeah. We it, know that from experience. Isn't it interesting that 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 does not change when he shows himself? No. No. You know, and I think I think that's just great, you know, like even when Jesus comes back and he says, guys, I told you I was going to be back. I know. They still don't know what to do with it. I know. I know. They're still confused. I, dude, I love it. It, get, it fills me with so much hope because I'm like, okay, that, that's who we are. Right. That's who we are. Um, and it's, it's, 
not even relevant to who Jesus is ultimately, yes. what Jesus does for us, because he knows this about us. Yes. Yeah. Can't wait. So good. All right, my friend. I am looking forward to uh, what we have in the weeks to come. And until the next time, we just rock the Caspa. Yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.